Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Before we get started, we want you to watch this video. It's a classic. It's called God's Pie. Oh, I couldn't. Well, maybe just a bite. Get the interest. the pie. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, he brought the pie. He brought the pie. <laughs> he brought the pie, like the Volkswagen guy said on that video. Um, and we wanted to show that video kind of just to set precedence for with the conversation that we're going to be having today. Because, yes, that's a funny little video and illustration. But who in here can be honest? And I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say, I've been like that guy with the pie before. Yeah. That there are times where we put God not first, but at times last. Last. And on the back burner. Yep. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this, that when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these things shall be added. That the best thing that me and you can do is just put God first. Because who knows, God deserves first place in all of our lives. 
in every area of our lives as well. It's been said before like this. I love this, heard this from my father. He said it before that if God isn't Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And one of the areas that really just grabs a hold of the heart of many men and women today more than just about anything else is finances and money. So today we're talking about this, the principles of first fruits. Can somebody say principles of first fruits? And this word principle actually comes from this root Latin word, which means this, first. Or you could say first and foremost. Just like how a prince would be the first heir to the throne, just like Jacob was renamed in scripture to Israel to be, that means prince, or he was the firstborn. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about principles Things that we can have in our habits, in our routine, and in our attitude, in our heart, in our actions, where we can put God first in our lives. So there's a number of things that we want to cover today. And first of all, can I just say I'm just honored to be between two of my heroes right here, Dr. Al and Pastor Bobby. Man. And like they said, I've been a part of those conversations during our pastoral meetings and get-togethers where I've heard these two just go at it and talk and conversate. And yes, we have said, man, this should have been recorded. Uh, so you want to make sure that today you're listening in and taking notes, years and years uh, of ministry experience. Dr. Al, I mean, I know that you and your wife just celebrated 50 years. Come on, somebody. And all those years, I believe you've been... In ministry pretty much all those years together. And then, of course, Pastor Bobby uh, founding and God using him to plant Riverside Church. And we've seen God do amazing things. But let's go ahead and get right into it. I feel like I'm almost doing a debate right now, but we're not. <laughs> First question is this, is, is how do we see God transfer and flow, get resources to his people throughout Scripture? So I'm going to go ahead and start that off. Um, you and I discussed this past week about the very origin of when we see finances transferred over. Now, keep in mind when we talk about money or finance, it it's, has everything to do with heart. This is the heart issue, a heart issue. So we're not after money. God doesn't need your money, but you need God's blessings and God wants your heart. That's right. But God uses the transferring of wealth to build his kingdom to establish his plans. You can't not take that out of the equation. As much as you don't like to deal with it or we don't like to deal with it in church, well, not in this church, of course, because we never force it on anybody. We never try to make anyone feel guilty if they don't give. In fact, this is going to surprise you, and maybe you may even think I'm irresponsible, but I don't look at who gives in this church or how much they give. I don't. I chose not to. When I deal with people, I want to deal with people based on a covenant relationship. I don't want no one to think that I give them a special privilege or only called you because you're a giver. That doesn't exist in this church. What does exist is the fact that we try to help people understand how the economy of God's kingdom works. So when you look at this, the first example I think you can actually find in here is in the book of Exodus chapter 12. When God's people were coming out of Egypt, the last plague, the death of the firstborn, that last plague put fear in the hearts of the Egyptians. It finally caused Pharaoh to say to them, get out of here. <laughs> like, get out of here. Everyone was saying, every family in the scripture, it says, leave, 
go. But they said something before they left to the Israelites. They said to them, bless us first. They, want, they had the fear of God in their life, and they wanted them to bless them first. Then the scripture says that whenever they left, Moses instructed them, ask them for clothing, ask them for provision, ask them for everything. And the children of Israel, it said they, they took everything. They stripped the Egyptians of all the wealth because of the fear of God, and they walked out of deliverance, that deliverance moment, that years of captivity, wealthy, by the transference of someone that knew that they needed to bless them and had the fear of God. So this is what God would use to build the tabernacle, to establish every artifact within the tabernacle, and would establish it. And then we talked further about this, and we also talked about how at one point God had to tell the people, that's enough. Yeah. So what was interesting about this, God said that when you get that gold and silver and all the linens and everything from the Egyptians, that's your payment for all your years of bondage. Mm. So they were coming. Just think they were penniless slaves. And a lot of us don't think about this when you think about them going through the Red Sea, but they were literally loaded with, with yeah, money. They were. You know, and they were going through the Red Sea, and maybe that's part of the reason Pharaoh said, I'm going to chase them. Because, <laughs> wait a minute, what have we done? We gave them everything. And so um, they were on the other side of the Red Sea with all this money. So God said to put it on them. And so they all this jewelry and all this gold and everything, they had it on. So... God said, put it on, and then when they were at the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments and God was speaking to them, he said, take it off, right? Put it on, take it off, and then when it was time to give it the tabernacle, he said, give it to me. Put it on, take it off, give it to me. And so, wow, God had a purpose, as Pastor Bobby just said, for all of that wealth, not only to bless them, for they deserved it, but also to allow them to be used of God to build the tabernacle of worship there. And watch this. When they built that tabernacle, the spirit of God that was following them around and leading them actually came down in smoke and light, and the presence of God appeared to them before everyone because they were giving. And when Moses asked for the offering, they didn't say, oh, this is mine. Forget about it. They actually gave so much money that they had to say, stop. We have more than enough. When's the last time you heard a preacher say, stop giving everybody. We've got more than enough. Let it be happen, Lord, in this yeah, church. Yeah. Let it happen. It should happen. Let, and let me say this, that in, in the tabernacle that, you know, this earthly tabernacle that we're about to build over there on Salem Road, God always uses his people in scripture to build God's house. Always. So you and I are going to build our house together just like we would with our, our family, right? We're going to build a family. We got a bigger family. We got to get a few more bedrooms here. Either that or quit making babies, mama and daddy. <laughs> you know. But we're making babies here. We need to have a new a place to everyone come together. And so... They gladly gave, and I believe, Pastor Bobby, that our family here is going to give more than enough 
for what we need to worship together. Absolutely. There, there is no reason why. There's no reason why we should even have a building campaign really? when the building is doing their part. We are the temple of the living God. And it's not about it built being built on just a few. You know, the stats show across America only 10% of churches give. 10% of those churches, the congregation, 10% of every church congregation only gives. I don't believe that's going to be us. I believe God. I mean, I'm believing God for 100% sure. of everybody because here's the deal. It's not a matter of the money. It's a matter of the heart. So the spirit of the Lord came down in thunder, lightning, and smoke out of the condition of their heart. And he blessed them. And could it be the principle we need to extract from this thought? Could it be that God was restoring to them everything they, that the devil took from them? Absolutely. Have you ever thought that God wants to restore you back from your prior life of what you lost? That when he brings you into freedom, that he wants to give you more than you can handle. But here's what God doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to hurt you and he doesn't want to damage you. And you end up making a golden calf. That's what the Israelites did. That's what they did. Moses is up there receiving the plans for the tabernacle and everything, and they're down make, worshiping a golden calf, calf and saying, these be the gods that brought you out of yeah. Egypt. Because their pastor was busy. Yeah. <laughs> he was up there talking to God. and wow. Listen, guys, don't, I, I got to throw this in there. Don't base your church attendance, whether or not you have dinner with the pastor, you get the, I give my number to everybody, by the way. Anyone that knows me here, how many of you I've given my number to? Raise your hand. Just to, okay, you know, you know. I mean, just if you don't got it, you haven't asked me for it. So I'm just simply telling you that's not a big deal to me. You know, these things are to block and silence. It, it's, it's my privilege. But the bottom line is we're accessible, and we always will be. This church is nearly a thousand people, so we're not going to stop being who we are along the way. But the one thing we're trying to do, and the reason why I'm not afraid to hand people my number, is because we don't function under an old traditional way here. We're not here to make your decisions. We are here to teach you, help you understand where God brought you out of, and you have a relationship with him, and he's giving you wealth wisdom, love, power, and anointing, and the answer's in you. The answer's in you. But if you feel alone, and, and the devil will mess with you, he'll mess with you and say, they don't love you. They didn't see you in the hospital. Yeah. Well, for, and I'm going to, and, and, and I'm not going back. You, first of all, you never told anybody. But that's call another subject. When do you get off that the, subject? When call you get for off? the elders of the church. We're getting off now. We're Caleb, getting off sorry. now. So, so here, here, here's what I think needs to be understood. The transfer of the flow of resources comes through people. Remember, you have the source of wealth. And it can be, and it can be physical and also spiritual wealth. But did you know the scripture says if he can't trust you with mammon or money, he can't trust you with spiritual riches? The indication of how you handle your finances is an indication of how you handle God's riches, gifts, anointing. You must, it's, I'm telling you, it's, it is a heart issue. But the transfer between the wealth 
and the purpose is you. And that's based on the condition and understanding. You have a purpose. God's purpose for giving them the wealth was to sustain them, but also use. Now, let's think about this. God blessed them with gold and silver. Well, there's no big lots in the wilderness. There's no Target, Walmart. They didn't have a place to spend it. They would use it to build the artifacts of faith to build God's house. So keep in mind that when God blesses you, he doesn't want you to become greedy and miss the purpose. This is where people get off track and they start building idols. Because the devil also can't get you with failure, he'll get you with success. But the transfer from, I would say, Egypt to provision in God's purpose is a heart of gratitude, gratefulness, a heart of worship, a heart of understanding, a heart of submission to the word of God, to the understanding of God. But don't think for one moment people and work are out of the equation. That's what's necessary. It's not free. You have to work for it. It doesn't just fall down in your lap. Yeah, they, they had the promised land promised to them. I'm bringing you out to bring you in, but you have to go fight to, right. come, to take it. Yep. Yeah, when they came back with the clusters of grapes, yeah. they were motivated, but instead of the grapes, they saw the giants, right. but two grabbed a hold of it, and when they came back, they had to encourage everybody else that had been there. God will put people around you that have been in their promise and living in God's economy to just encourage you, not provoke you, not to get you to jealousy. But when you see somebody blessed and you see their family and their home blessed, what you really need to do is go up to them sometime and ask them, hey, tell me about what you do. I want to hear about how it happened. We need to go back to the Old Testament and take a look at what Israel did right, what Israel did wrong, and what this all meant. So here's the concept, and I'll say this last thing. God brought us out of Egypt, every single one of you. How many of you know God brought you out of a sinful life, a dark place? I mean, really, how many of you are grateful God delivered you, set you free? He brought you out of Egypt. God didn't bring you out to starve in the wilderness and transition. The wilderness was a place of transition to get you to the promised land. But what we need to understand is that we have been brought out. The world does exist. But where do you think the financial backing and the sources come from? It still comes from Egypt. So you got to love people, have favor, build relationships. But... Know that God gives you unprecedented favor like he did the Egyptians. Because somebody will come to you one day and say, man, I like being around you. I just recognize that you're blessed. Bless me. Help me. Let me understand. God's going to raise you up. God will raise you up. Amen. So, yeah, give him a hand. That's awesome. So... So watch this. Part of Moses' law, if you remember, was you are going to get your increase from the Lord. And all that he gives to you, he said that a tenth of it is mine, right? 
So how many apples do I have? Three, four, five, six, seven, whoop, eight, nine. And he said, but the, the tenth one is mine. You don't, you and I don't, actually, God owns it all. You understand that, right? He gives you ten, and he says, one of the ten is mine. I'm just going to see if you're going to give it to me. That's a tithe, one-tenth. So the first fruit of whatever you get, your increase, you just automatically give it from God. If you make a budget, you put 10% God. Right? Easy. Then, that's a tithe. That belongs to God. He never says, give me the tithes. He says, bring them, because they're already mine. But he gives you an additional opportunity to show your appreciation and thankfulness. And he said, you can bring an offering. And if you look at the way the Israelites worshiped, it was all offerings. If you think, we, t- we don't take a lot of offerings around here. But that's almost all they did. They brought offerings, sin offerings, guilt offerings, peace offerings, thank offerings, fellowship offerings, offering offerings, offerings, and valuable stuff. Animals that they had for cars, you know, and they had, it cost a lot of giving, a lot of sacrifice. But watch this. God said, you can bring an offering after you give me your tithes. It's up to you. So that one, that last one, how about if you gave 5%, if that was 10%, you know, you gave an additional part of an apple as an offering to God and see what happens. God said later on in the scripture, after they forgot to do that, he said, prove me now. I'm going to give you a test and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and give you blessings that you can't contain. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Stuff is not going to come your way that would have come, and I'm going to bless your socks off. He didn't say, that's my version. And I challenge you to take up God on his test. If you're not a person who gives 10% plus your offerings, try it for three months, and if you're not blessed, go talk to God about it. Because he said he would do it. He said, prove me now herewith, says, says the Lord. Why don't you just try it and see how much you're going to be blessed? You know, somebody said, that, somebody said it like this, Al. They said that tithing opens up the windows of heaven. The offering is what determines what comes through. Because it's a worship, an act of worship. So the tithe is an obedient, an act of yeah. obedience. So remember, if the tithe belongs to God, if you keep it, you're a thief. That's exactly right. That's what it said. Right. It was a principle established even before Moses. Yeah. This is an act of worship. Now, I know what some people think. You can pick what the, you need to be, really you need to be spirit-led in what, what, what God is telling you to do offering-wise. But the 10% is not up for debate with God because it's an act of obedience. Now, some people think, and and I think we have to end this part, but I can't afford to do that. Do me a favor. Go on your, look at your budget. Find out what types of entertainment you have that are automatically transferred from your account, from Netflix to Disney to Hulu to Peacock to Amazon to Candy Crush. What do you have that's transferring out of your phone, especially for your Apple users, every single month? And you don't question it because 
It's there as a service, but how many times have you used that service? It's there for entertainment. You know, you can do the same thing with church here at Riverside. You can do a reoccurring giving, just put it in there and let God come out first and take care of that. And then when you compare apples to oranges, to be quite honest with you, it's an act of worship and obedience. But if you can do it for the world, why not do it for God's kingdom and line yourself up with him and begin to do some things? Now, I don't believe, I, don't, I, I believe God will bless you, but I don't believe it's the principle of, well, you give today and God's going to give you back. Listen, the blessings of God come in so many different ways to align you up with his purpose. It could be wisdom, alignment, the Holy Ghost, empower, the anoint, I'm telling you, it comes in all different fashions. It can be God bless you with, with more herds, with more chickens. I got chickens. God just gave me five for free this past week. And I just wanted five more, and the next week God gave me five. That don't mean nothing to you, but to me that means 1,500 eggs a year for me more. He just saved me some money. That's little things. But we're talking about when you start desiring the things of God, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. You must make up the gap between the transfer of wealth to a purpose. If you don't do it and prepare that, where is God going to bless you through? For what reason? You got to get it right. He did not call us to build idols. And I'm afraid in America, we have built nothing with idols with the blessings of God and give him just not even a piece of the pie. Go ahead, son. More on dog food than tithes. We spend more on dog food, chicken food, cow feed. And okay, am I the only homesteader here? Is there anybody else that does any of this stuff? Your cat? Your kids? My God, every single day a drive through. No, no, I mean, I don't, I don't follow you, but no offense. I get it. You got to feed the babies. But it ain't got to be Chick fil A, and I love Chick fil A. It ain't got to be Wendy's and. Whataburger every single day. Meal prepping, that's the, that's the wisdom. That's the word of wisdom. Okay, right, here we go. go ahead. I'm getting off track. Sorry, sorry. Come on, is anybody enjoying this so far? I pray you are. The reason why we say that is because stewardship has a lot to do with it. The devil's not in your money. It's your lack of stewardship that's messing it all up. Let's go budget it. Go ahead, son. That's good. Um, I'm reminded of a quote from Billy Graham. Billy Graham said it like this. He said, tithing is a template, but generosity is the goal. It's to be a generous person. And if we see a generous church, I believe looking at the book of Acts and seeing what they practiced and what they did as God led them, they would sell their land, their property as God led them yeah. to build a church. So there's so much behind that. I'm reminded of the scripture right here as we talked about Egypt and God bringing us out of Egypt and what God wants to do in our lives and Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, it says it like this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Other translations say money. So we got to make a decision every day. What or who am I serving? For me and my house, let's serve the Lord. Amen? Yeah. Amen. You ready for the next question? Yeah. And I think this is relevant and pertaining to the transfer of wealth, because here's one thing we need to realize. God doesn't want to just bless the church and 
bless. And of course, we want to see the kingdom of God built. But he wants to also bless your family for generations. generations. We believe that. It's biblical. And here's the next question. Is generational wealth biblical and necessary? Talking yeah. about the principle of generational wealth. Yeah, I got a scripture for that. It's in uh, Proverbs. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance to children's children, your grandkids, but the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Wow. Now, that's exactly what happened in Egypt, right? The wealth of those sinner Egyptians was laid up to give to the Israelites so that they could do the will of God, so they could be provided for and whatever. And so I want to be a good man and, you know, not only take care of myself, but take care of my kids. Because I heard one old preacher say it like this, "Uh, Brother Al, I want my ceiling to be my kid's floor. And I'm like, what? (laughs) His ceiling, as far as he's attained, he wants that to be where his kids start. He wants them to stand on his shoulders and go up higher and higher. Isn't that what all of us mom and dads want? Well, isn't that what Jesus did? That's exactly what Jesus did. Explain. What Jesus said to the disciples, greater the work shall you do because I go to the Father. So he set himself up on high to bring us up higher past the place that he said greater works. I did great works, but you shall do greater. Whether that was numerically or whether that was just in action or measure, that's what he wanted. He wanted us all to do more than he did. And I think every parent should have a desire to set their kids up for success. Here's an old saying. You're not a success till you have a successful successor. If you have that in mind, then God will use you to set up wealth for what's next because there are promises God has given you and purpose he's given you, but the fullness of it will be fulfilled through your children, but you must become a channel of it. And if you'll understand that that purpose is the kingdom, And if you have ever been hurt by church or maybe you've been abused by people who have said, give a thousand dollars today and God's going to give you a hundredfold and blah, 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 blah. And God wasn't in there. He didn't tell you to do it. You just feel like in the moment it was emotional. And and, and we're sorry that happened to you. But you need to let the Lord lead you and inspire you. But it's more than just that. We're trying to teach you how to tie into a kingdom economy where God can bless and do what you did. So the scripture for that reference would be back to our scripture that we discussed earlier, David and Solomon. Yeah, David, because he was a man of war and shed so much blood, he's the one that came up with the idea, hey, I'm in a nice house here and I'm the king. God made me king. But he said, but God doesn't have a house. So I want to build a house for the Lord. But Nathan the prophet thought it was a good idea too, except God told him, you go tell David, he shed too much blood, but I want him to make provision for this temple that you want to build for me. But your son, Solomon, is going to build the temple. So there's that generational thing. It goes from David to his son, Solomon. So David, watch this. He gave out of the royal treasuries... Tons of gold, 
tons of silver. The leaders in Israel gave tons of gold, tons of silver, tons of brass, and tons of other things, you know, like linens and all this kind of stuff. And the people gave tons of stuff and tons of stuff until, guess what? More than enough. That's plenty. We've got plenty. Again, same thing. And guess what happened at the dedication of that temple after David laid up for Solomon and Solomon built it according to the pattern bigger than the tabernacle in wilderness, by the way. And God blessed it. The same presence and power of God came down in the new temple that was in the new tabernacle. The spirit of the Lord was so strong in there. There was holy smoke. The light of God was present. And it, the scripture says the priests were unable to minister in the temple because the glory of God was so strong. Keep in mind, it was all based on a heart condition. There you go. Because when Solomon prayed that prayer, he did not ask for riches and wealth. That's right. We don't ask for riches and wealth. We ask God to give us the wisdom to know what to do, how to do it, and everything else begins to line up. You, you have to look at the life of Solomon. And when Solomon's wisdom was established, it means that Solomon asked for a heart of understanding. Then wisdom came. Understanding and wisdom is this. I've, I've, we've taught this before. Understanding is knowing the broad scope of things, understanding in fullness. Wisdom is now that you have an oversight and see everything, now you can make wise steps because you know the ins and outs of the situation. Now you can judge righteously and make a decision. So Solomon had understanding of all things, therefore he was able to make wise decisions. So when the queen of Sheba came to visit him, she said, I heard of your wisdom, but when I saw how your servants conduct themselves because of the administration of the house, when I saw the riches, when I saw how people listened to you and heard you talk, the other half was never told unto me. So the scripture says, watch this, because of wisdom, more than what she saw, because of the wisdom and the other half that no one told her about, it says that she gave an abundance of riches and supplies and herbs that even to that day, ever in Israel's history, no one had ever given like the queen of Sheba did, wow. ever, which by the way, she was a woman. Maybe some of you don't know what I'm talking about. People have a problem. Oh, boy. Should I hold my mule? With women ministering, right? With women ministering or being used by God, but we don't. Let me tell you why. Luke chapter 8 verses. Go read, write this down. Luke chapter 8 verses 1 through 3 says that there were women that followed Jesus in his ministry. Mary Magdalene, others that were the household of Caesar. And from their abundance, these women, they supported the ministry of Jesus. And if it wasn't for these women, the ministry of the Lord would not have been successful enough. Yeah, he could have prayed for a fish to provide some more money, but he didn't choose to do that. He chose to use people and those people were women Woo! Esther 
Deborah, I have to say this publicly because there's a lot of people that are against women being used in ministry and so forth. But 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 why are then if, if that's the case, then why do we still take their money? We can take their money, but we can't take their giftings in ministry. I want to just encourage every woman here, every lady here, and tell you, you are a success. You will be a success, and you need to let God use you, and you will, you will fulfill every purpose, whether that's starting a business and your career. God wants to use you to finance the kingdom. God wants to use you to finance things, and that's all I'll say about yeah, that. Let me say this, too, about transferring wealth. It's not only money, y'all. It's not truth. It's understanding. So if you read the Proverbs carefully, you'll see that Solomon says, my father told me. Mm. Several chapters, right? When mm. it started. Who's he talking about his father mm. told him? It's David. Yeah. David transferred truth, truth to him, and a lot of that truth had to do with he that withhold more than his meat, you know, more than he should. Wow. Uh, it tends to poverty. You know, if you withhold, it tends to poverty. But the liberal soul shall be made fat. And it doesn't yes. mean gaining weight. It means if you're liberal, yeah. you get blessed. And also, them that refresh others themselves shall be refreshed. There you go. There's all kinds of proverbs that have to do with finances. But that was part of the transfer of the generational transfer. It's what you teach your children. So when my kids made a dime when they were little for, and it, that was better than a, a dollar back in the day. <laughs> but anyway, I told them, don't forget to pay your penny, which is a tithe, right? And then anything else you want. And so they make their little envelope and they put it in the offering. And guess what? God bless those kids. Oh my God. Still does. You know, this Pat, this, uh, I got a phone call from a family, a mama who called me and said, my, 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 my babies, we went to the grocery store and we were buying groceries and they bought fruit. And one of the girls said, mama, it's first fruits. And the girls persuaded the mama to bring their first groceries and bless us with it. Oh, Two years ago, another little girl was in this church, and I thought, man, this is the first. No, this was actually a few years ago, I believe, the first time we did First Fruits. And I was almost like, wow, I don't, you know, at the end of this fast, we give a first fruit offering that goes towards God's kingdom. And, and I thought, Lord, you know, what are they going to think of, you know, asking for money? Because it's always an undermining thing in the church. Hell loves to jump on that. But then there was a little girl again that came to us and the mama said when we took up the first fruits offering she wanted to do it now she didn't want to wait she brought us her piggy bank full of coins and she gave it to God it touched my heart so much ever since then we've had I don't know what it is today's message is for girls and women in a sense of telling you you have a gift when Mary knelt down at the feet of Jesus, she gave one of the most precious gifts that could ever be offered. Most of you don't know, but in my notebook, I have a little ring that a little girl put into the offerings at First Fruit that I've never not been without as a reminder. It's not about the money. It's about the heart. 
God will bless the condition. But you must, must understand. First, you can't give first fruits if you don't create the source and the way that it flows through you and have a right heart. You can't. The reason why people don't give first fruits is because they have no roots. What are you going to give? You can't give fruit if you don't produce it. You can't give fruits if you don't produce it. And that's why some people have, have, have really not understood it. When my wife and I first out, found out about tithing, she was super excited about it. I wasn't. I had a problem with it. It's my orange. I worked hard for it. We don't have that much. That was my issue as a new Christian. We don't have that much. But I, was, I, I read the scripture and I still didn't get it because we don't have that much. And I'm thinking, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you what was in my mind. Well, I'm looking at the pastor. Boy, he's got a nicer car than me. His house is nicer than mine. His clothes are nicer than mine. And I didn't understand. It wasn't, I wasn't giving it to him. I was giving it to God. And when I got that straight, and right in my heart, and God dealt with me after much brokenness, and I started doing it out of obedience, people started showing up at my house with groceries. Haley was just a baby. They would show up with bags of diapers, more than we could afford. And God would begin to bless me. I didn't ask for raises anymore. My bosses just started giving them to me. Ever since I started giving with the right heart, I never had to ask for a raise. And when I got raises, I promise you, I was always, always one of the top guys that got, the bosses would always come and tell me, don't tell everybody, they didn't get the same amount. And I wasn't that close with him. But somehow God blessed that's right. What is the scripture? In the book of Colossians, you have, I don't have it with me. I know you read it first service, but the scripture says in the book of Colossians, whatever you put your hand to. To do with all of your heart. Not, in, not in with eye service as unto men, but as, un, as unto the Lord. Yes. You must have that concept right, that principle right. What's the next one, son? Yeah, we can get to this next one. Which will be the last one, worship team. Y'all go ahead and join us right now. Well, we got through two, actually... Two of the five, <laughs> similar to first service, but it's much different conversation than the other one. I'm going to go to this one right here because um, y'all touched up on the other two already really well. How can we allow the blessings of God to flow through us? How can we allow the we'll blessings of God to flow out. through us? Okay. Well, again, we're, we're looking at the three buildings that we see in Scripture and the giving that occurred in them. But if you remember, the people fell away from God in the beautiful temple, and it was destroyed and taken into captivity, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, into Babylon. Yes. And they actually stole all the gold and everything and deported it 800 miles north into what's like modern-day Iran yes. and Iraq. Yes. And, and they, the city was burned to nothing. But then guess what? God restored it. In fact, prophesied 200 years before King Cyrus was born what his name would be and that he would be the guy that would restore the people back to the land. So when King Cyrus became king... Who was a heathen king. Yeah, a heathen king over the Israelites in captivity, probably Daniel, who was his advisor, 
went and showed them the scripture and said, hey, did you know that the Hebrew prophets have your name in here that you're going to send the people back? You know, I don't know, but I think this is what happened. It would make sense, right? Yeah. And so Cyrus says, I'm going to provide out of the royal treasury all that you need to worship, to build, and all the provisions, and all you people that live in the land, you take care of them, you help them, you help them build it, and they built, rebuilt the temple of God by the blessing of God, transferring again the wealth of the wicked to the righteous so that the temple of God was built again. That's amazing. That, that, that comes to me in the question. I would answer it like this. It's understanding the call. Did you know that like pastors are called to churches, people are called to churches too? And it's made up of both kings and priests. The priests are the visionaries. The kings are the provisionaries. And so Ezra built the temple. But did you know that Isaiah spoke of King Cyrus and said he would be a shepherd to Israel? Yeah, he said he was my anointed one. My anointed one. At the latter part, it says he would be the anointed one. And he was a heathen king. But God, he felt the call and God used him. And a special place in history and in the Jewish culture, they call him a hero because God used him. Now, this is why you have to understand it is a heart condition. God can use anybody if their heart is right. But for God's people, it's the Holy Spirit that makes it right. And how much more the blood of Jesus. But you have to understand the call. Commit to the call. Commit to the purpose with the right condition of your heart and understand this is our reason. You are simultaneously building your eternity while in the earth by what you give and how you serve. Laying up treasures in heaven. Laying up treasures in heaven is what it says. So if you get to heaven and you have a smaller house than you did on the earth, you know why. (laughs) But there's going to be some widows and there's going to be some people that did not have a big home. They're going to go to mansions on the other side because of the measure, the service for eternity. Eternity. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today. Will you stand to your feet? We didn't even get halfway through, but most of the way through. But I think this is good stuff still. Father, we hold up our hearts and our hands right now. Uh, The pastors are fixing to take up. The ushers are fixing to come. And they're going to just, we're going to have a chance to give as we always do at the end of service. But we want our hearts to be prepared. And Lord, let us go home. Let us go home and understand that your people have always been called. Even the New Testament, they gave more. They gave, some people said, Lord, that they gave 90% because you gave all. Help us understand, dear God, that you have an economy that's greater than any other economy. 
that you're the one who manages everything that we do when we surrender it to you. Let the purpose of God right now in the name of Jesus, will you say with me, say, Lord Jesus, position my heart. Say, Lord Jesus, give me understanding. Open my understanding. Say, open my understanding. Touch my spirit. Give me an understanding and the wisdom of Solomon. Help me to know the reason for everything in my life. And I will honor you with the first fruits of it. In Jesus' name. Somebody love on him right now. Come on. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.